everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Hey, good morning, church. Good to see you here. Thanks for fighting to be here and singing through masks and do everything that we got to do to be in the house together. It feels good to be in the house together, doesn't it? It does. In the same vein, we thank you and uh, thank you for, for logging in. Those who are logged in, we, we call our church on a thousand screens and we're all one church, we're one body together. So we just want to say hello to those people and be one body celebrating together if we can. Yeah. Friends, the beautiful story. Man, how far God has, has brought us. And today is our last message talking about the beautiful story, and we're looking at Revelation chapter 22. It's the very last chapter in the Bible, so I encourage you to turn in your Bibles to that page or to watch the, the words as they come up on the screen in front of you, and of course the words will be before you there at home as we look at Revelation 22 verses 1 to 13, and as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. That of all the voices in the world, we could hear your voice, like the sheep who hear the shepherd. We could hear your voice, and we could turn our heads, and turn our hearts, and we could feel ourselves being pulled towards you, being pulled toward home. Jesus, please speak to us by your living word. Please send your Holy Spirit and open our hearts and minds to your voice. For we pray it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing down from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves on the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Now this is Jesus speaking. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, verse uh, verse 8, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard them and seen them, I fell down and worshiped at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship... God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right and let the holy person continue to be holy. And then Jesus says this, verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, 
the beginning and the end. This is God's word. We're grateful. The beautiful kingdom. When I was 12 years old, my parents uh, agreed to send me to space camp. Space camp. <laughs> I was so excited. Anybody remember the movie The Right Stuff? You remember that movie? Anybody seen the movie The Right Stuff? Come on. All right. You got to go back and watch that one. Because when I was a kid, that movie came out, it grabbed me. It held a hold of me. And so uh, Space Camp was actually part of a whole plan I had for my life, roughly running the track of uh, Chuck Yeager, if you ever heard of Chuck Yeager. I was going to be a pilot, like a breakneck, like test pilot, but then I was actually going to become an astronaut. And having become an astronaut, I figured, well, then I'll, I'll have sort of my name known, and so maybe I'll get a few... Uh, commercials, you know, TV spots, and, 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 and from there it's easy, now that my name is known, to parlay that into taking over for David Letterman and hosting my own late night talk show. See, it was all, it just, it lined up perfectly in my mind, and it all started with space camp. So once I knew, oh, I'm going to space camp. I mean, I'm registered, like my name's on the list. We got the tickets, we got everything is all planned out. I'm going to space. Once I knew I was headed to space camp, well, I started to walk around just a little differently, you know? I mean, I had a kind of a, kind of a confidence, kind of a swagger, you know? Almost like a, I've got my helmet under my arm and, uh, you know, and I am a boy, with the right stuff because I'm headed to space camp. (laughs) Friends, where you are headed changes the way you walk. Amen? Where you're headed changes the way you walk. And we are headed. We are headed. We are going to, going toward. Whether it be Today or tomorrow or 100 years from now, we are headed to a beautiful kingdom, an eternal city with God, eternal life in his presence. Where we're headed changes the way we walk. We've told the story of redemption, the whole thing, with all along the way with our eyes on beauty, asking, can we tell a story of the beauty of God? You remember way back, it all begins with a beautiful God. God is beautiful, awe-inspiringly beautiful, captivating in his character, in his glory, in his faithfulness, in his peace. God is beautiful, and he captures our hearts. I think, when, I think you know, whenever we're getting confused about life or we're feeling left behind by God or even when we're, even when we're having some difficult time swallowing some piece of Christian doctrine, we think that's hard to take. I think we're tempted to walk away from God. We're tempted to walk away from Jesus when we forget God's goodness, when we can't trust God's goodness in that moment, when we forget that God is actually Good, God is actually beautiful. Began at the core, it begins at the core, at the core of everything is a beautiful God. And that beautiful God made a beautiful world, he put beautiful people in it, and when all that fell away, God sent a beautiful Savior, Jesus, to bring it all back around again. And today, today, 
And didn't we, didn't we enjoy hearing about the beautiful mission from our pastor, uh, Pastor Michael, last week? Thank you for bringing the message last week. And today, we stand here looking forward, looking ahead. Where are we going? Where are we headed? You see, when you lose track of where you're headed, you start to lose hope. Have any of you ever been, uh, been off hiking or uh, biking and you got lost? Admit it right now. Put your hand in the air. Yes. You don't want to admit it, but it, it's happened to I know it's happened. So whenever you're in that situation, and you're, I, mean, I mean like pretty good lost, right? Like this is, I don't think this is the right trail. And, and um, when you're in that situation, it's hard to get that motivation to like climb up a hill just to see whether you're lost or not, right? Like, uh, uh. But if you know where you're going, then you can push. If you know where you're headed, if you're confident in your direction, then you can push right up over that hill. It's where you're headed. changes the way you walk today. Revelation we look at. We've gone from Genesis to Revelation, folks. Revelation is an extended vision that God sent, that God gave, that was witnessed by John, one of Jesus' disciples, one of his apostles, when John was exiled in his old age on the island of Patmos. By the way, if you're planning to get exiled, are you with me? I recommend the Greek Isles. It's just a, that's, that's free information from your pastor, you know. Oh, to be exiled like that. But look, for John, it was a painful place. It's exile. What's exile? Exile. I can't see my friends. Exile. I can't go to church the way I want. Exile. I can't, go and, I can't go and run my business the way I want to run my business. I can't go and see my family. I can't go to those important events in my kids, my grandkids' life. That's exile. Are you with me? And, and the walls are closing in, the four walls, as he grows older and more frail each day. Exile. And God sends into his exile. He sends an angel. He says, look, John, I want you to see right where you are, right in that pain, right where things are getting narrow and tight and and, and broken off, I want you to see where you're headed. I want you to lift your head to where you are going. Because, John, you are headed for eternal life with me in my presence. John, you are headed. You're headed for a beautiful life. Kingdom. John, you are headed, where you're headed is, you're headed home. And it's a home that you've never been to, but it's home. It's where you're meant to be. Right in the middle of your exile. Let me show you where you're headed. And the angel showed me. The river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The leaves of the tree 
are for the what? Say it with me. Healing. Healing of the nations, the peoples. Oh, well. The beautiful kingdom. What we have here is, uh, is a city. It's a little surprising to many. It's a city. It's a garden city. We come from the Garden of Eden, and then we wind up in a garden city. City. City, the Greek word for city is polis. It's where we get our word politics. Don't you love politics? Don't, don't you want to live in eternity in politics? No. <laughs> what? Well, this isn't, this isn't working out then. No, look. Politics. City. What does it mean in the Bible? In the Bible, it's a word for learning how to live together, for learning how to live in harmony, for learning how to make room for each other, to pursue one another's good, to pursue common good together. City. So in the end of the, of the beautiful story, we're called into city, and city in biblical terms is only possible when we pursue f- peace and harmony with God. When we find peace with God, then we can pursue peace and harmony with one another. And we don't return at the end of the beautiful story to personal peace, individual fulfillment, everything's okay with me, and that's all that matters. What we, what we move into at the end of the beautiful story, we don't actually return to solitary life. We move into community together. Isn't that something? We move into city. Actually, at First Pres, that's why we say we are for the city. This is what we're talking about. And actually, we mean it in two different ways. Now, follow me now. The first way we mean it is both as an obedient act of mature Christian discipleship and as a strategy for engaging a non-Christian world, we, at First Pres, we believe we're called as children of God in this place to be for our city of Colorado Springs. It's something we call being city positive. City positive. What does that mean? Look, this means that we build this city. We support this city where we live right now. We, we find its weak spots and we, we try to help. We engage in city life here in Colorado Springs. We're city positive. Now, um, where there's problems, we want to move in and help those problems. When there's, when there's good stuff, we want to celebrate the good stuff because what we believe is, is that in participating in city, in civitas, in city life, God is actually teaching something about pursuing harmony together. So that's the first thing. So we're for Colorado Springs. But the second thing is this, as good as Colorado Springs is, and I think we all know it's awesome, Right? As good as Colorado Springs is, and as city positive as we are toward our little fair burg, this is just a step on the way to an eternal city, a complete city, a fulfilled city, the garden city of eternal life with God. And it's that city... It's that city where we're headed. It's that city that has our heart, that has our commitment. It's that city that has our ultimate citizenship, no matter what citizenship we claim temporarily across the face of this globe. Are you with me? We belong to that city. That's what we mean when we say we're for the city. And 
And as we make Christian disciples here at First Pres, we believe a mature Christian disciple is for the city in both of those ways. Now at the heart of the eternal city is the river of the water of life. Not just a drop, not just a trickle, not just a taste, a river. And it runs through the heart of the city. Cities have a hard time finding harmony when there's scarcity. When you're living from a a position of scarcity, you think, but the city of God has at the heart of the city a river running through it. You don't just hear it over there. You don't just taste a little bit of it. It's not a drop. It's not a trickle. It's a river of abundance, a river of life, and it's flowing out from the Lamb of God from his throne. And along the sides of it are these trees, the tree of life. And it flows in abundance. And its source is Jesus. As clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, each yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. Do you remember when beauty was threatened by our sin and disobedience and the curse came in? Then the Lamb of God came. He takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God took that sin, took that curse on himself. He took the curse so that you and I could claim the city. The city where there is no curse. The curse is gone. And and the, the tree of life is lining the main street and the river that runs through it. The tree of life. The tree that, we, that was once cut off from us because of our sin and we were cast out of the Garden of Eden because we, we, we fell from, from the Garden of Eden from our sin and so the tree of life was what was guarded. You can't, you can't taste it. Now we come into a city where the tree of life is lining both sides and its branches are always heavy with fruits just pumping out this fruit saying come and take, everyone take and eat and take it to your full. Take as much as you'd like. Have abundance, have abundance, have abundance of the tree tree of life. Why? Because the Lamb of God is on the throne and he has taken away the curse. And we know a place where there is no longer any curse. And the leaves of the, of the tree, they're, they're for the healing. And whatever fault, whatever bitterness, whatever curse whatever anger was between peoples, okay, nations, eth- ethnicities. There's a, there's a healing, amen? Just to know there's a place where the bitterness and the fault and the hurt and the pain, they're gone. There's no more curse. For the Lamb of God is on the throne, the Lamb who died, now glorified. He won all of this for us on the cross. Verse four, and they will see his face, 
and their name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Okay, so keep up with me now. You see in the city? What's in the city? What's in the city is light. So much light. I mean, there's so much light. You don't need to carry a lamp. You don't need to worry about taking light. There's so much light. God is the light. Jesus is the light. And the, this magnificent light fills up the whole city. You're not walking in darkness anymore. There's light. And then there's life. There's life. Not just a taste of it, but a river of abundance. A river that is, has trees hanging with fruit. There's an abundance of life. There's light and there's life. Are you with me? There's no, re- there's, there's no wonder why First Pres, we are called to be by Jesus in our time. Light and life for the city. Because that's where we're headed. That's where we're going. If you know where you're headed, it changes the way you walk. And this is our future, a beautiful kingdom. But friends, the kingdom where we're headed is already at work in us today, and we can already be at work in it right now. Even while we still linger in the curse and we still feel the pain and the separation of disharmony and discord, there is some healing that is possible right now. There is some peace that is possible Right now, there is some life and some light that can heal hearts, that can can be a balm to wounds right now. And the more we live into what's possible right now, the deeper our commitment to that future city where we one day will be. Amen? I'm seeing some hands in the air back here. Glory to God. And so along the way, what's the job? The job is your kingdom Come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The job now is to live into the kingdom then. The job now is to hold on to the vision, to hold on to the word. Look at, what, look at verse six. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, the God who inspired these words, sent his angel to, to show his servants the things that must soon take place. And then Jesus himself speaks in verse seven. He says, look, I am coming, when? Soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. Keep the word. Hang on to the vision. Where you're headed changes the way you walk. And Jesus says, look, I'm coming. When? Soon. Don't you hate that answer? Does anybody hate that answer? Like, when are we going to be there? Soon, right? I mean, that's not the answer we like. We want to know how, no, how, how, how. I, can I ask a follow-up? I, can, I want to know, what does that mean soon? When will, when will COVID-19 be over? When will it be over? Soon. It'll be over soon, right? When will this turmoil at work turn and, and things will be easier for me? When will that happen? Soon. I mean, soon. It's going to come soon. When will, uh, when will the election season be over? And, and when will honest and civil discourse be the hallmark of our government at every level? When's that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't totally promise. Let's say soon, you know. With God's help, we're praying 
for soon. We're praying, aren't we, uh, through this election season, everything surrounding it. When we're looking at a message like this, at a moment of, of election, this is our moment to say again, look, remember, don't forget. No matter what citizenship we claim on, on this earth, we belong ultimately to a beautiful kingdom. Our ultimate and primary and greatest citizenship is not Colorado Springs or the United States. Our primary and greatest citizenship is the beautiful kingdom. Amen? So if tomorrow brings a a second Trump administration or a first Biden administration, even so, we are citizens and participants in the kingdom of God far over any political or party affiliation. Can I just breathe that blessing over you? You belong to the beautiful kingdom forever and ever. Huh, right? How much longer, Lord? Soon. See, he doesn't want you counting off days on a calendar. He wants you living in hopeful and expectant anticipation. It's coming soon. A couple more points as your Bible's open. Verse 10 John, he's so excited he tries to worship the angel. Come on, John. You know you don't worship, you know? And he bows down, the angel says, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just with you. We only worship one thing. We only worship one thing. We worship God. We worship God. And then verse 10. He told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. This is no time for folding up your Bible and setting it on a shelf. You need to stay in this word. You need to hold on to this word. You need to hold on to the word and hold on to the vision because the Jesus, Jesus is coming back soon. And Jesus says, I'm coming soon. Verse 12, my reward is with me. When Jesus comes a second time, he is coming to bring recompense to set all things to rights. He's carrying in his hand the reward, the recompense I will give to each person according to what they've done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus at the beginning, Jesus in the middle, Jesus at the end. This is the beautiful story, you see. Today, friends, is what we call Stewardship Commitment Sunday. Three words that'll get you nowhere, you know, (laughs) outside these doors in the city that we love. Hey, it's Stewardship Commitment Sunday. Nope, not much interested, right? Three words, but in here we talk about them every year. Stewardship. Stewardship is that reminder that all that we have, we have on loan from God, we're just stewards. We're just caretakers. Not a popular idea in our time to think of the things that I have as being, belonging to someone else, belonging to God. But actually when you believe that what you have is a possession of God on loan to you, it's just your moment to care for it, oh, it's a freeing thing. Stewardship. Commitment. Commitment. An equally terrorizing word to the contemporary mindset. Commitment, I prefer cancel at any time. I mean, that's what I, uh, I prefer uh, back out if it ain't working, right? Commitment. 2020 has been a a tough season for churches. Churches, um, 
You know, churches, we stand, we stand for uh, truth. We stand on the scriptures. We hold on to the word. As our, one of our values says, we hold fast. And that means that from time to time, we're saying things out of the scriptures that are not, uh, you know, the most popular thing to say in the contemporary current. And so people, you know, people will always kind of turn away from the church for those reasons from time to time. But then above that, uh, 2020, what did 2020? 2020 laid over the sort of overlay like COVID-19, Right? Now I'm going to look at my church through that. And people say, oh, my church. My church is doing too much cooperating with the government. Oh, my church is doing too little, you know. And then it, and then it overlaid uh, racism and injustice. And people say, oh, my church is saying too much. Oh, my church is saying too little. And then it overlaid, how about a contentious election season, right? Just lay that over and, and ask and it's all too easy to find ways to turn away from your church. Maybe, even, maybe you've even had times where with First Pres you thought, oh, I wish my church, I wish First Pres had, had done more or, or less about this or that. No church is perfect. And neither is this one. But today... We call for commitment. We say, we want to ask you, will you put your name on the bottom line? Will you say, look, no church is perfect. No church is perfect. But I see this body. I see these people, these men, these women, these children captured by the grace of Jesus. I see that they are steadily walking toward the beautiful kingdom. No church is perfect, but I make my commitment. I make my mark. I say today, put my name on the bottom line. I'm going to stand with this group of people that I'm privileged to be a part of in our city, in our day, in our time. And we're going to walk together, step by step, faithfully leaning into the beautiful kingdom where we are all headed. I commit And by God's grace, next year at this time, this is where you'll find me. I'll be with these people and I'll be stepping forward toward Jesus. Amen? Amen. And along the way, I will have even taken from these resources that God has entrusted into my care and I will have transferred these resources from momentary, temporal purposes into God's blessed and eternal work in his kingdom. I'll make a commitment. See, one way to make a commitment is to commit to give. And, and that's, uh, that's what we talk about on Stewardship Sunday. You know, I, every time I put that slide up, it says three easy ways to give. You seen that? And we've been, that's what we've been talking about because you can't come put it in the plates. We're like, well, there's got to be some other way to give. But sure, there's, there's three, lots of ways to give. Um, and so people have kept up with their giving. But every time I see that, I chuckle a little bit, you know? Three easy ways to give. Why? Because there's no easy way to give. There's, there's not three easy ways to give. There's not two. There's not one. There's zero. Because to give is hard. Are you with me? 
I mean, giving is hard or it isn't giving. Giving is sacrifice or it isn't giving. Here at this church, we call mature Christian disciples. If you walk with us long enough, you might as well know. We're going to be setting it on your heart that a mature Christian disciple gives a tenth, a tenth of their income to the work of the Lord, faithfully sacrificing to the work of the Lord. It's called the tithe. And I'll tell you, I've never met anybody who committed to the tithe who regretted it on the other end. But it's a high call to give. We sign our, line, our, our name on the bottom line. We say, no church is perfect, but I commit and promise today that I'm gonna walk with this body as we walk toward the beautiful kingdom. As the praise band comes out to join me, just close with this. Friends, where you're headed changes the way you live, the way you walk today. We're headed for a beautiful kingdom, eternal life in the presence of God, joy, peace, healing, abundance, fullness, where all of the the curse and the the pain and, and, and the disharmony has been healed by the leaves of the tree of life and we walk in the presence of the light of Christ. He's right there and we serve him faithfully. Look, we belong to that kingdom and the more we live into it, the better we will be. Why? Because we become what we worship. If we worship lifeless things, we will ourselves become lifeless. If we worship dumb and foolish idols, we will ourselves become dumb and foolish. If we worship these things that are empty and selfish, we will ourselves grow empty and selfish. But if we long for beautiful things, we grow into our citizenship in a beautiful kingdom. Heaven isn't just the great up there in the afterlife in the great beyond. Heaven is what God is building into your heart right now as you are walking into your citizenship in the heavenly kingdom. There's a kingdom of joy and of peace and of fullness. The more we long for it, the better we will be. See, the longing itself shapes us. It shapes us as we walk steadily together. And Jesus Christ himself, by his grace, writes us, you and I, into his beautiful story. Lord, thank you for capturing our hearts by your grace and for lifting our heads. Lord, when things are tight, when we're feeling the pain of exile, for lifting our heads toward home. And I promise, Lord, this is where we belong. The leaves of healing, the river of life. Your presence is light. Lord, capture our hearts again and draw us towards you. Hold on to us when we wander and keep us tracking, Jesus, straight toward home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.